Welcome to episode 14 of the Turn Right Podcast. I'm Caitlin, your host. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about the perceived rules of writing. A few months ago, I joined two different groups on Facebook, and they're writing groups that are kind of geared towards helping you find a beta reader. Now, if you guys know any good beta readers, hit me up. But something I noticed from joining those groups and just also over the past year becoming more active on writing Twitter is how many questions people ask, how much permission people ask to write and execute their ideas. And I understand why people do that, and I've done that myself as well. You know, it seems like there's a list of like 200 different tropes that you shouldn't be writing about in your story. And there are all of these lists and rules and spreadsheets and tables and articles and podcasts that tell you what you can and cannot do as a fiction writer. Now, some of these things are actually helpful. In particular, I think of K.M. Wyland's site, Helping Writers Become Authors. There's a ton of great information on there, and I particularly like her checklist for writing good first chapters. And this may be a little bit biased, but I think some of my lists that I create on this podcast are helpful. But that's all they are. They're helpful. They're tools. They're not end-all, be-all. You must do all of these things. You must check off every box. We have gotten into such a check-the-boxes mentality in our society. And I see it in my day job. Um, I do internal audit at a bank and we are looking at how the bank complies with different regulations. So we do look at a lot of checklists and sign-offs. And checklists and sign-offs help us in a lot of areas in life. You know, for example, if you are in college and you are looking for your first quote-unquote real job, you know, you can do certain things that ensure that you get the job that you want. Like you can have a high GPA, make sure you have volunteering, you're an officer in a club, did you have an internship? And when you check off all of those boxes, that can pretty much guarantee you that you're going to get some kind of job pending some sort of huge economic downturn or whatever. But writing is not like that. You cannot write such a lengthy piece of work, such an emotional, personal, visionary piece of work and expect to check off all of the boxes. So in this episode, I'm going to tell you why and how it's okay if sometimes you break the perceived, I'm quoting that, the perceived rules of writing. Yes, I am saying that you can break the rules of writing. However, I'm not saying be dumb about it. The rules are the rules for a reason. And you shouldn't be naive enough to think that you can write something totally off the charts and it will be picked up and accepted. But that's not what I think most people are talking about whenever, you know, we draw back on quotes that Neil Gaiman said, such as, there really aren't any rules to writing. You just have to write as best as you can. You know, you shouldn't do things like submit a romance novel to an agent that exclusively accepts sci-fi or forgo every bit of conventional grammar or plotting metrics that are out there. And I might even be saying, don't start in a dream. But if you have this vivid, fantastic idea in your head, then execute it. Because it's the visionaries and artists and intuitives who tell the most compelling story. It's the people who love it, who see it in their heads, who feel it in their hearts. 
It's not the people who know the rules that make it. It's the people that have the vision. If you're obsessed with the rules, then maybe you should follow something like a science experiment or cooking or something that absolutely needs sequential order and instruction. Writing above all is a singular feeling and it's about the emotion evoked from the reader. I have a hard time sometimes believing that too because I want my ideas sometimes to be remembered more than my emotions. It's why I tend to write soft sci-fi. I want to be creative in thinking of these ideas that, dare I say, could possibly shape our world. But it's really the emotion that the reader connects with. The emotion and the character, that's what they take away from your story. The reason why people fail is not because they don't know the rules. It's not because they break them. It's because they lack the discipline necessary to execute their vision. There are so many people online who ask for permission to break away from these rules. And as I mentioned, I'm guilty of that too. My genre is quite tricky. I would describe it as soft sci-fi with an upmarket literary spin. I don't even know if that's a real genre, but I think that's what I write. Would I be open to an agent saying we're going to market this as dystopian? Absolutely. But then I think about is dystopian a dead genre? So I create a thought spiral for myself. I also think to myself sometimes, are my ideas too abstract? I start writing from the theme that is intrinsically how I started writing. And that is a very abstract way of going about creating a piece of work. And in general, I like works that are more abstract and open-ended. However, that's not always what the market demands. The market demands this sort of formula-like, very specific and unoriginal works. This is sort of this mass-consumed, beach-read, sci-fi thriller that most people like reading. Our society has become inherently mass-consumed. We consume our coffee from Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, and McDonald's, not so much the smaller, hipster, independent coffee chains. I think millennials, we're breaking that up a little bit, But for the most part, we're going to Starbucks to get our pumpkin spice lattes. Country music is no different. They say on average, a singer has about 18 months to become a country star. Otherwise, they're replaced with a new, better, different artist. And if you notice, the artist sings sort of the same words to the same beat as the previous artist. And that's because all of the songs are written by the same people and they follow the same formula. That's one of the reasons I love Taylor Swift. She writes her own story. So why would fiction writing be any different in this mass-consumed society? It's not different unless there are people who are willing to break the rules, who have the discipline to execute their vision. I think all of us are worried about an agent rejecting our work because of some sort of bias they might have. But not all agents are biased against talking about climate change. Not all agents are biased about talking about eating disorders. It's really about how you execute the work. If the work is maybe too depressive and you know there's not enough of another subplot in your story about an eating disorder, maybe that's why the agent is rejecting it. Maybe the agent is rejecting your story about climate change because that's too in the face of the readers. 
and you know we're writing fiction we're not writing a non-fiction argumentative piece that would go in the new york times so above all writing is about executing the vision i think the reason why so many people online bring up these lists and tell you you can't do this or that is not because they think it won't work it's because they think you can't do it it's because they think you lack the tenacity and discipline to do something so detailed and thorough as Cormac McCarthy. Now, we all aren't Cormac McCarthy or J.K. Rowling or people that have been the exception to the rule. I fully acknowledge that. But those people aren't us either. And each and every one of us has something different to bring to the table. A lot of very famous and accomplished writers will tell you that it wasn't their talent or creativity that got them to be published or got them so far. It was their tenacity and grit and their ability to rewrite and concentrate. Ernest Hemingway said, I write one piece of good stuff to the 99 pages of crap I throw in the wastebasket. And the more I delve into writing, the more I understand how true that is. I have rewritten chapters 30 times and still not felt satisfied with the end outcome. But I have this vision and I know where I want to go with my story. I know that I believe in it. I know it might be abstract. I know that not everyone might get it, but I like it. I enjoy it and I believe in it. So I'm going to work hard and execute the vision that I find true to my story. I'm not going to ask for feedback that I don't need. Am I going to ask if the pacing is good? If I think the grammar is good? Am I going to ask those kinds of questions? Um, Maybe ask if the cover looks appealing, if I decide to self-publish again. Sure, I will definitely be asking those questions, but I'm not going to ask anyone for permission to write my book. I'm not going to ask anyone to create a checklist template for my work. I'm going to do what I know in my head and my heart is right, and I'm going to follow that dream that I have created for my work. I encourage you guys to do the same. Don't let anyone tell you that your work must be broken down into a checklist, that it's not okay to have a trope in your story, that it's not okay to follow some unconventional grammar tactics such as capitalizing the main characters in an unconventional way. Don't let people tell you that you can't write dystopian. If you have this vivid and grandiose vision for a dystopian novel you are burning up inside to write about, don't let other people write your book for you just like you shouldn't let other people live your life for you. And that's what I think of the perceived rules of writing. Let me know what you think by sounding off on this podcast below. Keep reading, keep writing, and keep querying. I will talk to you guys on our next road trip.